temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for sticking and staying with us here at Steel Talking. My goodness, I'm excited for this next guest. Her name is Cherie. Uh-oh, I got it wrong. Cherry Goodwin. I'm so sorry about that. Executive Director, Family and Children's Services of the Red Lake Nation. I was so excited when I read this, Jonathan. Um, let me tell you a little story here. Recently, a transaction took place that you may not have known about. It didn't involve something you'd find on a retail rack or a hostile business takeover. No, last week, the city of Minneapolis announced that they would transfer two parcels of land back to a group of indigenous peoples. Now, the Bloomington Avenue parcels are being purchased by the Red Lake Band of Chippewa Indians. Now, what do they plan to do with this land? And could this be a sign of similar transactions in the future? And we invite Sherry Goodwin, Executive Director of Family and Children's Services for the Red Lake Nation, on the program to discuss the impact. She joins us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Hello. Welcome. Good evening. It is just wonderful to have you join us tonight. When I read this article, I was so excited about it. This really is history in reverse, as it says here in the article. And it says, Thursday, as Minneapolis leaders announced a plan to transfer two parcels of city-owned land back to indigenous people, we know how, ex- how important this is. Many of us do. And I hope that you feel that Minnesotans really agree and want this to happen. Do you, still, do you feel that? Yes, I, I do feel that. One, one thing I wanted to say, though, for the record, is land back is a traditional a term that a lot of Native Americans use. But for the Minneapolis area, that land area base is traditionally held by the Dakota people. So I just wanted to clarify that. You know, this is a real estate real estate transaction, and we are purchasing the land from the city to meet the needs of our members that live in the urban area. But for Native Americans in general, it's a big deal to for. Um, I think we're the first tribe to receive um, like a land transaction in this manner from the city of Minneapolis. It's just so it's, remarkable. It's really exciting for us. And congratulations. Yeah. This is huge. I know the parcels are being uh, talked about. Uh, 2931 and 2937 Bloomington Avenue are right next to each other in Ward 9. Tell us how this came to be, that those particular plots were where you uh, landed. So just for the record, um, Red Lake Nation does own property 2929 Bloomington, and it sits adjacent to the two empty lots. Oh. So, um, you know, we bit, did build Minobamadas in an apartment building, Red Lake Nation, and then when we moved there, we kept our program, Obimendwa Gananawe Manidug, 
which is uplifting our relatives. We caretake that the tribal um, property there. And then all along, Chairman Siki's been wanting to buy the land, but it was never for sale. So fast forward, then we built a relationship with the Minneapolis um, Department of Health, with Suzanne Young-Tibbetts and I, you know, meeting. And then we got to meet with Mayor Fry. And it was just a win-win for everybody. That land, I, I believe they said 40 years was sitting vacant in them um, next to the property we own, 2929 Bloomington. So it was a win-win for everybody. So it was really exciting the way it went. It was persistence, right? We were persistent. We knocked on the door. We visited. You know, we pushed to get that land back from the city. So it was, It was again, I can't say enough. It's a win-win situation for everybody. It's about time to be able to say it's, it's a win-win. Time. It is about time. And I am very excited about this. Can you tell us more about those particular uh, two um, locations that – um, we will eventually learn so much more about it. I understand there may be a garden. I understand that there may be, uh, there's already a building on one of the parcels. Do I have that correct? No, there's a building next to the two parcels. Okay. 2929 is right next to the two parcels. I'm so, so sorry. Yeah, In the article little, that I'm reading, it says 2931 and 2937. So I'm so sorry I have that mixed up. No, no, that, that's correct. Them, two, them are the two parcels the city will be, um, we're buying back for a dollar a plot, so that's right. $2 we pay in the city for. Our, our, the property we own is just right next to there. So, again, we're remodeling right now the 2929 property, and them two plots, well, the way we could cure it fast from the city was by, by them transferring it for a garden. So we then, with our indigenous eyes, our indigenous lens, well, let's build a cultural community garden. So that's what we're going to start with that, them two plots. So it could be growing traditional medicines. You know, we may be, you know, having a sweat lodge or, or some kind of ceremonies there in them two plots of land to start. Yeah, that's so it's excellent. All about building, yeah, to building relations with the community, you know, to fit their needs. In the 2929, the property we own right now is getting remodeled. It'll be ready to go live probably in the middle of November and in that property, then we will have it'll be a uh, intergenerational family-based service center. So we will have I, I said it on the news. We'll have washer and dryers. We'll have showers. We'll be able to provide food, and then we'll be able to provide uh, and then culture services. So we'll be able to provide av- <clears throat> excuse me advocacy work for our relatives that live in the urban area. It's really quite remarkable. Can you tell me a little bit about uplifting our relatives? Yep, so traditionally then our name, our system, which is under the tribal government of Red Lake Nation, was the Family and Children's Services. So we're on this quest of decolonizing the child welfare social system and all the systems that we utilize to um, Minnesota Department of Human Services Mm -hmm. to really fit the needs of our people. So we're tired of being the punitive system. You know, we don't, we want to be able to work with our families because we know that we copied a Western model that didn't work for us. So we're really spinning the system to better fit our needs. So for instance, instead of clients, their relatives, instead of investigators, their response workers, instead of case managers, their reunification workers, instead of foster care providers, their relative care providers to really get that placebo into our head, my head, our staff's head, so we can create this social change which will eventually lead to improved social capital for our people. It's just That's remarkable. What it's about. It really is just wonderful. I had chills when I read the article, and I thought to myself, finally, 
Finally, the mayor of Minneapolis, I'm just curious to know if he was engaged in this. I, I had heard that he was. Um, and if you yes, had spoken with him, can you tell us a little bit about his feelings on this? Yes, we met with him last summer in his office. So it took a time right, to, to get to the point we're at today, you know, the, all the legalities, how are we going to buy it? Because it was, um, I believe, a, a different real estate company owned it. So the city then acquired back for, um, from them, and now we're buying it from the city. But, yeah, he, right away he was engaged with us, me, myself, some of my team. We met with him last summer. He was out for it, and, and I did let uh, Mayor Fry know that Chairman Siki, our leader, you know, we're not in the business of selling land, and we are in the business of purchasing land. We're not here for a handout. We want to purchase them two plots once and for all to provide services for our relatives. And in my eyes, you know, we got lucky then by, you know, the dollar, the plot. Right. But we know that there's processes for not-for-profits, for other agencies within the urban area that do acquire land from the city. But for the record, we're the first tribal nation to acquire this property from the city in this way. As executive director, what would be the first thing you'll do? The first thing we'll do is we're going to be next week. This coming week is when the city council will have their final vote. And then we'll move forward. We'll put the, you know, get the paperwork in place. But again, once we get it live, our property at 2929 open, we will open up them two plots and again to provide cultural community services. You know, because there's not much we can do in the dead of winter here, you know, with winter arising, winter upon us. But the future is build that relationship, get them services in the urban area. The future is to drop 2929 and build up build an intergenerational um, wellness center on the bottom and build up apartments and, you know, for our relatives, for our people, for our kids. And I'd love to be the first tribal nation in the urban, in the urban area to have a housing co-op, you know, all the restrictions against HUD funding and, you know, different funding sources that our people just can't meet the needs of some of them restrictions, whether it be the background check, the 30% of the income, whatever it may be. That's the future. So we're thinking hopefully within five years we'll have that going. And I like to move fast, but I understand things take time, and we really want to engage the community. And we did do a strategic plan with our urban members that showed different domains what the relatives in the urban area wanted. And we realized that our people are really ethnocentric. You know, they're not racist, but they really like working with their own people, which right now I have about 20 staff down there that are ready just to start and build these services for our um, urban members. You were quoted as saying, we could have whatever we dream here. That was really yes. powerful for yes. me to read. I mean, I, my, ear, my, my eyes teared up um, just to hear that. That is powerful. It's, it's, you've been waiting a long time to do more, and here you are, still working at it, still making it happen. And I am really grateful to talk to you tonight to learn how this all worked and how it came together and how the mayor was involved in all of this. It really is quite remarkable. So the final decision is expected on October 5th. Um, where the, there's a plan that will be presented to the city council. And I'm just curious to know, are you worried about that? No, we went down last Tuesday when they had it presented to the um, city council. 
and yeah, or Wednesday or Tuesday, my day, it's been so crazy lately. But yeah, right. we, we, the planning committee where we talked the pros and the cons, we didn't have no opposers when we testified in the city council was very supportive. We had Ellison and Chavez. I can hear them talking and how supportive they were. And then of course, even Mayor Fry came into the room to listen. It was beautiful. I don't see no, op- um, any op- opposition. Chair, Chairwoman Andrea, I don't know her last name, but she Jenkins, was Jenkins, I think it is. I think it's Andrea oh, Jenkins. Oh, yeah, she was yeah. Jenkins. Yep, she mm-hmm. talked at the press event. She was talking so eloquently about, you know, decolonizing, reclaiming, you know, for all BIPOC people, not just Native Americans. So it was beautiful to hear that because we are the um, my, uh, majority now. And I don't know if you know, but... Um, approximately half of our pop, our urban, our um, tribal membership lives in the urban area. Oh, no kidding! I did not yep, know that. Big, That's awesome. That's awesome. In Minneapolis has a lar- a large population of Native Americans, which which is the fact. Also, what are you hearing from neighbors yep. already? Those that will be Everyone. using those properties. Everyone's excited because another thing that one of the reasons behind this too, why we worked with the Department of Health in Minneapolis because of the opioid crisis, right? It's down there, it's up there. And I believe in my heart and my soul that we build a relationship with our relatives, give them that hope, bring them in, provide some food, build that relationship, have the cultural services, whether whether what kind of ceremony we have, whether it be a bear ceremony, a healing ceremony, a sweat ceremony, a naming ceremony. A lot of people don't know, but 1978 was our Indian Religion Freedom Act. And prior to 1978, we couldn't even practice our Native American religion. And people wonder, like, why why do these people have all these disparities? Well, when, when stuff like that happens to a group of people, the outcomes ain't good. So we're here we are today saying we're educated, we're ready, we want to provide these services once and for all. And I said it online, right, smash our disparities, really focusing on the strengths of the people who we are as um, Anishinaabe people. Yes, ma'am. And then I have to say, um, Fred Desjarly, he's our cultural specialist down there. He's been living down there for quite some time. He has a relationship with the community. He goes visits elders in the hospital. He provides ceremonial services you know he does all these things for our people so we already have the buy-in per se of the community that want to receive our services so it's just so exciting it's just a it's a good time to be a native american in minnesota amen to that um i believe that we'll get a final decision uh, that's expected this week october 5th is that correct yes okay wow congratulations this is gigantic um, for for the Red Lake Nation. So I wish you well. I hope that I can have you on again to give us um, updates on how things are going. I would love to do that if you don't mind. Just let me know if you're available. Nope, I don't mind. Nope. You guys got my email now. Thank you. Thank you so much for reaching out and for hearing our story. Because oh, it's a big deal. It's exciting. It's huge. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us tonight. Yeah, have a great evening. You Be too. Good. All right. Bye-bye. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 